Welcome to another installment of the Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers What We Learned in the Markets This Week video. We aim to provide you, our valued clients, with a brief video giving you information that is helpful to your understanding of the markets from a biblical worldview with no financial agenda, which makes us uniquely different from the news media in America. This video is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make investment decisions. The clients of Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in today's video. All opinions discussed are solely those of John Mark Young and not those of Whitaker Myers Wealth Managers. Well, welcome back to what we learned in the markets this week and happy Thanksgiving. We hope the time you had with friends, family, and the people you most cherish was a time to remind you of the many blessings we have in America and we have as the people of God. I, I recently listened to a podcast of the people that who originally came from the came to America on the on the Mayflower. And I'm blown away by how easy our life is today in regards to how their life was. Even with all of our complexities, com compared to the generations before us, we have it easy. Now, let's talk about what happened in the markets this week. But before I do, do you know that you can now consume this content in the audio version on Apple Podcasts? That's right. You can subscribe to this series on Apple. And as a special thank you, if you do that, we've loaded up our recent economic conversation with Andrew Opadik from First Trust. He's an economist with First Trust. This conversation was fun and educational. So that's definitely one you want to go download. And if you like and subscribe to our podcast, we're going to do you a favor. If you like and give us a positive review, five-star review on the Apple podcast of what we learned in the markets this week and text us a picture of doing so to 330-345-3921. Once again, that was 330-345-3921. We will mail you a free copy of Dave Ramsey's book, Baby Step Millionaires. Now let's go back to the markets. It may feel like forever ago, but the warm months of August to the cool of September and October, um, go back to those videos and we were not talking about the markets going up. We were preaching diversification because some weeks international was doing better than growth or doing better than growth and in income, but altogether they were very bad months for the market. In an otherwise good year, the year's been fairly, well at this point, very good. And you probably remember that by looking at your statements in August, September, and October. Well, sentiment around the markets have completely changed. Consumer sentiment as well as the market sentiment itself. We've gone from interest rates continuing to creep up and up and up, and the 10-year treasury touched 5%, to now there are expectations with decent chances that we are actually looking at the Fed cutting rates in 2024, probably April or May. Small 25% chance in March and roughly 50% chance in April and May, according to the CME group, who's a great group to watch in regards to that stuff. All this leads us to a pretty good month of November for the markets and most likely your investment portfolio. So before we look at the markets, let's dive into the economic data. And of course, we always start our economic data with the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now model to see where this highly accurate algorithm from the Atlanta Federal Reserve is anticipating growth to be at in our current quarter. After reports from the U.S. Census Bureau that came into the, the algorithm this week and the National Association of Realtors, this indicator actually ticked up to 2.1% for the current month, providing us a slightly higher number than we got last week. Still fairly normal economic growth, so no signs of recession here. Additionally, each week, Right now, I'm intrigued by tracking the 30-year mortgage rate uh, because if you can thaw this number a bit, drop it down a little bit, 
it probably opens up the housing market, provide an even higher catalyst for the markets in the economy. Now, this rate has just continued to free fall from its highs. It's now currently sitting at 7.29% from a high of 7.8. Next, after seeing some spikes in the recent weeks in the initial claims for unemployment insurance, which tracks those going on to unemployment for the very first time, that number came down to 209,000. And as we've been saying, the only concerning measure in regards to those numbers are those that are staying on unemployment, which had reached, reached pandemic level highs or, or pre-pandemic levels, excuse me. The continuing claims number, though, this week did take a break to the downside down to 1.84 million. And finally, let's track the markets over the last week. First, the S&P 500, which is our proxy for growth and growth in income, but only when considered together, that had a pretty good week coming in at a positive even 1%, 1.00. Next, the Russell 2000, which tracks our small and our mid-sized companies or aggressive growth in our Dave Ramsey vernacular, that was positive 0.58% for the week. And finally, the MSCI EFA, E-A-F-E, which tracks the international stocks in developed countries across the globe, excluding the U.S. though, that was positive 0.99%, barely coming in behind the S&P 500. And point number two, since the inflation report that was so good on November 14th came out, it has changed the dynamics of the market a bit. And in a way, we would argue that is creating more sustainable growth going into 2024. You never technically like to see the market being carried by just one thing uh, or one type of stock or a few stocks. And that's what we've seen this year with some of these large tech stocks. There was a point in the year, if you took out the likes of NVIDIA, Microsoft, Tesla, and a few others, you would have actually had been negative on the year, even though the S&P 500 was sitting in double digit gains. Now, why was that? Well, those stocks did so well and the rest of the market lagged so much that you just had all the returns coming from those stocks. Again, November 14th, this inflation report that came out that day, it changed everything, at least in the short term. As you can see on your screen, for those that are on YouTube and Rumble, and I'll verbally articulate those on the podcast, is that the sectors that have been the biggest losers this year are now making a nice run up. For example, what you don't necessarily see on this chart is the fact that small caps have made a tremendous run. Remember last week's chart where we saw them climb over 5% in a single day and had an amazing week? Well, now many asset managers and even some of these hedge funds are getting bullish on the small cap stock train. Uh, and how about on this chart, you see the financial services sector being above the S&P 500 and beating out technology since the 14th. That industry you would have thought would have benefited from higher rates all year long, but unfortunately no, because while they have been able to charge higher rates on their loans, many banks, excluding the big four like Chase, Wells Fargo, City, Bank of America, and even some of the bigger regionals like PNC, uh, they've been forced to raise their deposit rates, but not those big ones. And that's cutting into their earnings. And more importantly, the historically fast rate increase that we went through last year from the Federal Reserve that destroyed their excess deposits that have been put into treasury bonds, putting massive downside pressure on these stocks because of the potential risk there if they have to unload those bonds. As those bonds start to mature and fade into the past with lower rates encouraging more borrowing, the banking sector has seen a recent lift since the 14th. And how about the transportation companies? Those ones are booming, like UPS, Union Pacific, and maybe one you don't know as much, Matson, which is a shipping company 
they have all made a nice lift in the last few weeks as investors expect the lower inflation number to cement the soft landing, thus driving demand for goods. And guess what these companies ship? Goods. And how about the speculative stocks getting a nice boost in gain? The most common indicator for speculative stocks in today's world is Kathy Wood's ARK Innovation Fund. That fund had an 80% decline last year, but it's taken a nice ride up 12% since November 14th date, 12% since the 14th. All that to say, what we're starting to see is a broader rally of stocks, and that creates sustainability. And if you're a Dave Ramsey listener, as I am, you'll notice that many of these sectors fall outside of the growth category, the tech stocks, and into the growth and income, the aggressive growth, and even international. So in a year where tech stocks or growth funds have dominated to the tune of 40 to 45%, some of them, some of the good ones, you don't want to bail on the other categories now, right now, because it seems they're starting to get their legs and may provide Santa Claus with what he normally brings to town. Ho, 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 the Santa Claus rally. Number three, as we think about the Federal Reserve hitting the top of the rate cycle because of this recent inflation data we just talked about, let's take a look at the four other rate hiking cycles since the 1990s and what happened when they hit their peak, minus the 1997 rate hiking cycle because that year we only had one increase of quarter percent. That's not really a rate hiking cycle. And before I go into this data, I would like to give a shout out to my friends at DataTrack for this great piece of information. They're the ones who put this together. Thank you, DataTrack. Those four cycles are January 31st of 1995, May 15th of 2000, June 28th of 2006, and December 19th of 2018. Technically, there was one rate hike in Diana in 1997 again, but it was only a quarter percent. So that's not, we're going to exclude that. The takeaway here is that U.S. stocks tend to increase at nearly double the amount the S&P 500 has historically risen after a rate hiking cycle. The long-term return of 9 to 10% for the S&P 500 is dwarfed by the 17.4% return we see after a rate hiking cycle is over. The only other one that didn't have a positive return was the rate hiking cycle that ended during the dot-com bubble, the May 2001, and that because the dot-com dot bubble burst. And I can promise you, because of what we'll see in point number four, we do not have unprofitable tech companies dominating the market like we did back then. Quite the opposite. They are extremely profitable, maybe maybe too profitable. And this is not to say that there isn't some single event out there that can take down the market because there obviously always could be one and there always is one potentially. But the one caveat to these numbers that my friends at DataTrek point out is that the, each of these cycles, the Federal Reserve started cutting rates within one year. So thus, the CME Group's numbers that have a high percentage chance of rate cuts in April and May of next year, those need to be accurate for this 17% average return on the after a, the top of a rate hiking cycle to be accurate as well. And finally, point number four, NVIDIA has not done something that it, it's done something this week, less last week, that it hasn't done in a while. It posted earnings that knocked the cover off the ball. Now, those of you that follow NVIDIA would say, John Mark, you are so uninformed because it's been doing that all year since the AI front has become in the middle. And correct, but let me finish. It posted earnings that knocked the cover off the ball and the stock did nothing. Nay, it went down a little bit. We've gotten used to seeing NVIDIA just crush their earnings numbers. So much so that they are now the fourth largest weighting by market capitalization in the S&P 500. And they're ahead of companies like Tesla, Facebook, and Berkshire Hathaway. You wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the year. The stock announced earnings last week on the 21st 
And for the third quarter, which ended October 19th of 2023 for them, they reported revenue of $18.12 billion, which turned into a $3.71 earnings per share number. As you can see on the screen, the revenue growth is modest in gaming and graphics revenue, where they've lived before artificial intelligence. But and those are coming in around 30%, not bad, but not warranting a 225% jump in their stock this year. The parts of the company seeing a massive amount of growth are their data center and computer and networking sides, which makes chips for the artificial intelligence industry. Revenue and earnings were both up 34% and 50% compared to last year, you might say. No, compared to the last quarter. To top all of that, the company made upward revisions to their guidance for their future quarters. They expect revenue this next quarter to come in around $20 billion. Revenue, $20 billion for the quarter, for three months. Right now, the stock trades at about 40 times earnings, and that's compared to roughly about 18 times for the S&P 500. And you take out all those top tech stocks, and the S&P is about 15 times earnings. Uh, so it's an extreme multiple. It's trading very expensively, but that's because growth is expected to continue thanks to them being the pick and shovels for the AI gold rush, the artificial intelligence gold rush. And they make the chips that power all of this artificial intelligence growth. Why didn't the stock make an another tremendous run when they posted these earnings, which were great? Possibly because it's already priced to perfection. Possibly because of the China story where the U.S. government is making it harder to send chips overseas, which would enhance the Chinese AI growth. And possibly because even before the earnings announcement, the stock just had a pretty impressive run these last few weeks. The hardest thing to stop in investing is momentum. And right now, NVIDIA is on that track. They're running full steam ahead. And those of you that invest in the growth sector of Dave's four categories, you're getting to realize the NVIDIA train. I promise you, it's if you're with Whitaker Myers, it's one of your top growth stocks in your growth fund. And it's driving that 225% return this year is driving a lot of growth. So it's a company you want to continue to pay attention to because it should be a company that as artificial intelligence becomes more and more mainstream in our lives every single day, it's going to be a company that's going to power all that. You may not see them just like you don't see the chips in your car, but they make that car flash the red signs when you're getting too close to another driver, play that nice Bluetooth in your stereo, do all the things that make everything great in today's world and current technology. And NVIDIA, again, is helping to power that. So we hope the four things in the market this week were helpful to you. If it was, would you do us a favor? Whatever system you're uh, consuming this content, whether it's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Rumble, would you like and subscribe to our content? If you like our content, it helps the algorithms push it out to more people. And when you subscribe to our content, it makes sure that you are one of the first to get access to it when we release it, including what we learned in the markets and are any special monthly commentaries we do, including our monthly commentary we're doing in the month of December, which is all around tax planning for 2024 and getting ready to end your year for 2023 in regards to tax planning. Our CPA on staff, Cage Rush, is going to be leading that broadcast, and we hope you'll be able to join us because it's going to be a great night. Go look in our monthly newsletter for all the information on how to sign up for that, or you can go to the comment section of this video to schedule a meeting with any of our advisors or financial coaches who would also be able to happy to get you signed up and ready to go for that webcast coming at the end of the month of December. So thanks so much for watching this week. We hope you have a great week and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.